0: Welcome back to the Wake Up with Glow podcast with me, Glow. And I'm happy to have you join me today as I just had a pretty extensive session with myself where I really was considering today's topic in so much depth. um, And those moments where you're overtaken by some concept that you feel you need clarity on. And, And for me, That topic was invisibility. And I know how many people out there in the world, out here in this world, in this audience, struggle with this very idea of invisibility and either feeling like they themselves are invisible and with no bearing on how much support you do or don't have in your life. There is something about invisibility that afflicts, I would say, just about everyone at some point in their life path and trying to cope with that and distinguishing between whether it is a passing moment or A phase of your life that lasts perhaps a little longer than we would like for it to I thought what a great time to reflect when I knew I was recording this episode for you all and so I hope that if you are among those who feel invisible whether it's to the outside world to someone in particular or whether it's just to yourself and with yourself If you feel apart from it all, if you feel unseen, I hope that this episode offers you a little bit of insight into where that may be coming from and hopefully some guidance in what you can do to channel those feelings of invisibility into something that will be more productive for you in in your vision for your life. So I'd like to begin just by mentioning that many of us are suffering not because the world sees us incorrectly. It's not because we're frustrated that we're being misinterpreted, although there is a lot of frustration with not being received the way that we intend, but rather our suffering is because it doesn't seem that the world can see us at all. And what I mean in saying that is it is very easy to be amongst a crowd and to feel like you are not there. And I'm sure that you at some point have found yourself in a position where you either didn't feel like you belonged there or you felt like you could belong there, but you didn't particularly wish to. And I want to explore that here because... In a lot of people's lives, there's this deep sense of I don't matter that lives within so many of us and we have to tend to it if we are to actually be able to heal and get past the influence that this mindset has on our lives. And when I say I don't matter, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's someone who is struggling with self-esteem or self-worth. It could be the most confident and, and most integrated person who is integrated in the workplace and in, in the collective and in all of the other areas in which they choose to partake fully. And yet there's still an underlying sense of, I don't matter. And it's difficult to console ourselves when we understand that our own significance is very small in comparison to what life is and how expansive the world is. Um, It is very difficult as a spiritual person to rationalize our own significance when we also are so in tune with how insignificant we are. And so when these feelings of being apart from the physical world arise, it can be challenging for us to separate Our insignificance from our significance. And both are necessary. Both are necessary because your insignificance allows you a humble environment in which to live within yourself, where you can do good for the earth, where you can ensure that your time here is not causing more harm than it is good to the soul. And so, trying to balance that with the added layer of feeling significant enough to get up in the morning, to be able to do something, to be productive, to have a purpose in mind and to live according to that purpose. There is this bizarre interplay of significance and insignificance and many of us don't even stop to question it. We are either confidently and sometimes blindly pursuing something because of our own sense of significance, or we are laying idle and apart from the world and separating ourselves because of how insignificant we understand our role to be. And so being able to cope and bridge the gap between these two polarizing experiences, which both have a place, becomes so important to each of us. The question then becomes less a matter of where do I belong and more of is belonging a worthwhile pursuit? And that's something that I've seen with so many folks that I've had the great privilege of being in deep conversation with, that people are questioning whether belonging is necessary. Yes, it is one of our innate needs, but do we define it correctly? Do we employ it in our lives in a way that is beneficial to our own mental health and to our own well-being and to our soul's fulfillment? What the world expects from you, and this includes the people in your life, should not become the foundation for your expectation of self. And... One of the reasons why people feel invisible in this world is because they are living in accordance with the expectations that have been set by whomever you allow to set your vision of what your life is. So whether you feel an overwhelming pressure from family or mentors or people in the workplace to be a certain way, to achieve certain standards, Or maybe you even feel pressured from your faith. Perhaps you feel pressured by who you've decided that you're supposed to be because of how you grew up, what you saw, what you thought was possible or should be possible for you. A lot of what we are pursuing in our lives comes from these expectations that we never stop to break down and ask, where do they come from? Are they serving me? Do I need them in order to fulfill my own sense of self? And so I encourage you to not allow the expectations by which other people are dictating your life to become the standard for how you're going to move forward. You, no matter how old you are or aren't, at This point today you can stop and you can choose to reflect and become more consciously aware of who you are actually living for. Who are you living to satisfy and please? Is it your partner? Is it your family? Who are you trying to impress and trying to maintain rapport with by using your life Because we don't realize how drastic of a move that actually is because it seems so subtle. In the day-to-day, we live trying to make other people happy and then we look back and, and fail to see that all along we have been compromising our own sense of self. We have been compromising our own ownership of our lives. The one thing that is your own and you are giving it to the guidance of someone else. Another reason why people tend to feel invisible is because maybe you feel like you won't be accepted. You won't be accepted for who you are and so it leads you to reconsider whether being what feels authentic to you is the right move after all. Feeling like you won't be accepted should lead you to reconsider why you are looking to be accepted in the first place. Why is it that you yearn to be a part of anything that doesn't sit well with you? Why do you continuously put yourself in positions and crowds and groups and rooms and in the presence of other people that you do not wish to be a part of? And sometimes we feel as though it is in fact necessary for us to do that. Maybe we call that networking. Maybe we call that giving Sometimes we even tell ourselves that we are giving to others by putting ourselves in in compromising positions because someone needs us more than we need ourselves. That we are okay and so it is important for us being so okay to step up and help someone else to be okay. Again, all at the expense of yourself because what happens is that things that we try to do out of a purely good heart, become habitual. And once they become habitual, we quickly lose touch with living for ourselves and we begin to live for others, which seems noble, but only when you have sufficient amount of life from which to pour from. And so I really hope that you should take the time to consider why are you trying still? Why are you attempting to keep yourself in positions that you don't wish to be in? And it's okay if you feel that your reason for doing so is justified. Maybe you're staying in a position at work that you don't want to be in, but you need to stay there because you have a plan for your financial future. Or whatever your reason may be, being clear on that writing it down and seeing it in front of you is the first step for you to be able to actually take action steps to overcome needing to compromise yourself. Maybe this is your season of compromise and that's something really important that I hope you also pay attention to is that I can tell you all day, what is the path to least resistance? What is the path to minimal suffering for you? How do you live according to your soul's purpose? I can preach until I'm blue in the face, but the truth is, on top of all of that, all of that messaging needs to be... Juxtapose with the equally important message that there is a season for everything. And so, although there can be this beautiful blueprint for how overall your life should look and you should feel and the things that you should be doing and cultivating in yourself, there are still seasons in which you cannot look and feel and be cultivated in that particular way. There are still seasons in which you are going to have to perhaps give in to some misery, perhaps to separate yourself, even though what you want more than anything is to belong and to feel a part of a community. There are going to be seasons in which you have to compromise the very principles by which you live your own life so that you can ensure the longevity of that life that you are creating for yourself. And so I hope that if you are in a season in which you are being incredibly hard on yourself because it doesn't fit the morality of what you've decided yourself to be, understand that some seasons are meant to be supportive of the seasons that are most representative of you. So what you do is not who you are. This is a statement that is often made to try to convince people to make sure that they're able to separate themselves from the identity that they're pursuant of in their daily lives. And so we wanna find a way to fix that, okay? We wanna find areas of life where we are not being ourselves fully, even if that's by yourself, even if you have to separate yourself and, and try to really figure out where in your life you are not acting In accordance with your truth. Find areas of life where you can be yourself fully. This is so important. Whether that means finding hobbies that interest you. Whether that means finding people that interest you. Mold life around yourself. Do not mold yourself around life. I cannot stress how important of a revelation that was for me. Life is something that we grow up feeling is happening to us because we grow up believing that we need to be reactive to whatever life is. However people are, we can't change them. We just have to react to them. Whatever happens, natural disasters, other emergent matters, we can't change it. We just have to adapt to it. And so we start to live our lives believing that we truly do have to mold ourselves around life. And we lose touch with the fact that we ourselves are life. We are a part of all of the things that we can't control except the difference is we have a little bit of say in what we are doing. All of your control lies within your own hands. You cannot control circumstances around you, but you can control how the circumstances around you are affected by the force that is you. And so if you are struggling and you feel invisible, what better way than to figure out how to control the one thing that you can control? Separating yourself from the identity that you've been taking on in this world, that you've been pursuing every single day, even though perhaps you don't even feel like that is who you truly are, and finding ways to work around it even if it's just part-time, even if it's just a fraction of time of the day that you feel that you are free to be who you are, find someone. Find someone out there in the world, whether in, in their physical presence or in their spiritual presence, in a book, in a show, wherever you need to find this person who you connect with and you're like, wow, yes. This person is so representative of how I want to feel and what I want to embody, not because I want to be them, but because the way they carry themselves and live their life. I want that for myself because I know who I am deep down and I'm going to bring that out. I'm going to bring that to the surface. Use people as examples, not to become them, but to be inspired by the potential that you yourself possess. And next, don't allow yourself to be defined by any one singular aspect of yourself. Do not over-identify, and we have a tendency to want to over-identify. And it makes complete sense that we would begin to feel invisible when we have over-identified with something that is just a minor fraction of who we are. If you try to put all of your totality, your expansiveness into this one thing, say your job or your Uh, degree, that whatever you're educated in, uh, your field of expertise, or your partner, or your role as a partner, or as a parent, or as a friend, or as a caretaker, or whatever it is, if you overly identify with that one thing, maybe you're even identifying, people identify with a whole gamut of things. You can be identifying with a medical condition you have, with your gender, with your cultural background, a traumatic experience. Pick anything. People are identifying with that. And what happens when they do so is that they become that one thing. They become singular. And you cannot live an expansive life if you only limit yourself to your singularity. Everything that you do, every role that you play is a component of who you are. None of those things on their own make up your being and arguably none of those things even really contribute to your being. They're just the, the kind of a suit that your being puts on to try out different aspects and elements of itself, but it in reality could have put on a whole different wardrobe without the uh, the culture, the race, the gender, the... Um, political disposition, whatever it is that you chose from the closet to put on and that's what you wear most days of the year, your soul did not need any of those things to express itself. It just happened to manifest itself into those roles and gets to show parts of itself through them. So understanding that, you can learn to disidentify with that disproportionate identity that you've been claiming. And this will help you to be able to feel like there's more to you, which there is, than what you yourself have been choosing, maybe subconsciously, or maybe you are fully aware that you are choosing to identify with such a limited, limited part of your essence. And you potentially have lost your essence in the process because You are not allowing yourself to delve into other parts of you that that need you. They need to be expressed in order to stay alive. and, And you are killing them by assuming that you are so singular or living your life as though you are. And so make sure that you don't allow yourself to be defined by that one aspect Because there are so many ways in which we separate ourselves and it causes us to feel unseen. You are life above all else, above your title, above your preference. You are life. All these other things are just your intricacies, okay? And... Also, if you are someone who potentially struggles with social anxiety or, you know, maybe you are shy, and shyness is in fact a form of social anxiety. You want to be able to create comfortable environments that that suit you in your solitude pursue hobbies and interests, develop confidence and mastery. That That is really key here. If maybe you're saying to yourself, well, I feel invisible but I'm really shy or I have terrible social anxiety or maybe not even terrible, I shouldn't even go so far as to say that and um, employ hyperbole, I should say if you have any form of social anxiety, if you have any reservation from stepping out and, and being a part of something, learn to create comfortable environments alone, in solitude, okay? Start to belong without needing to show up somewhere. If you are not taking steps forward because you can't seem to get yourself to jump into those anxiety-inducing circumstances, maybe you're afraid to network, maybe you're afraid to date, whatever it is, that doesn't mean that you have to just give up because you feel like you can never take that leap from where you are, into the great unknown of where everyone else is that burdens you mentally and emotionally. There is a process that you can follow to overcome that. And that process is to start to belong without needing to show up somewhere. Create an environment for yourself where you feel safe. Learn the things that interest you, uh, the things that you want to pursue in, say, that networking or that dating um, opportunity, things that you would want to talk about in those settings when you finally get to a place where you're comfortable in those settings. What you should do is you should develop mastery. You should commit your time to feeling incredibly confident in what it is that you do know in those areas so that it would encourage you to then later be able to step outside of your shyness and it would happen naturally. Naturally. Maybe it would happen in the presence of one person. Maybe it would happen on a platform that's just audio where you don't have to put your video on. Whatever it is, there are steps into getting to the other extreme of where you are. You just have to be willing to take them and you have to know what to do. And developing mastery in what interests you is one way to overcome that invisibility. When you feel so confident about what it is you're passionate about, what it is you know, the knowledge you have attained, you automatically develop this ability to have this emotional extraversion because you are. If it is true for you, it is. A, if it is aligned for you, I would love nothing more than to be away, um, hidden away somewhere in a forest most days, and yet when I become overtaken by passion, that naturally, it exceeds. My desire to be hidden and causes me to step up to the forefront of where things are happening. And so you too can do this if you focus not on how hard you need to be on yourself because you're not that person and you can't get out of your shell and you can't step up and maybe you're not confident or qualified enough. Become qualified enough. Master the craft and then you will realize that you will become visible because you will have had the the truth of you showing up before you figured out how to make it show up. And so the refining of our innate talents offers us a sense of belonging far beyond being praised in a group setting. If you learn to cultivate your own mastery, your own self-mastery, if you focus on your purpose and your intent with your life, If you realize that these are your talents you're cultivating and you're not just showing up somewhere for show, that this is why you are here and why you are pursuing these things, pursuing more knowledge, it's going to offer you that sense of belonging before you ever find a group to which to belong. You are the one who needs proof of self more than anyone else needs you to prove yourself. And you should remember that and you should write that down. I'll say it again. You are the one who needs proof of self more than anyone else needs you to prove yourself. And so I want to make sure that I offer you some tangible solutions um, in addition to some of the ones that kind of came out and were mentioned um, in this episode already, but the first solution to your sense of invisibility if you are looking to correct it and you know when I say correct for it I mean if you want to once again feel like you are seen and that doesn't mean that you are famous or that you are in you know in the public light or anything of that nature Because that couldn't be farther from what I would uh, preach or encourage or, you know, to each their own. But I am talking about invisibility in the sense of feeling like your humanness is recognized and it's recognized in a way that is true to you, that you do not have to show up as anyone or anything in order to be seen, um, in order for you to feel like you do in fact exist and it matters that you do because you do exist and it does matter, so... Just make sure that you know that for starters. And if not, then I'll be happy to remind you every single week for the rest of your life. So there's always that. But the first solution I wanna offer you is to tend to your loneliness. It sounds kind of silly, but so many people don't tend to their loneliness, they just remain lonely. And loneliness can often make you feel invisible no matter how many people you may be able to count on uh, but choose not to, no matter how much support you have. We mentally decide that we need what it is that we need, and anything or anyone who falls short of that makes us feel alone. That's how loneliness works. You have decided something for yourself, what it is that you need. I'm this kind of person, and I need this. And so anything that doesn't reach that standard can make you feel lonely, Maybe, you know, a great example of that would be in the dating world. Maybe you've decided what your standards are for yourself or what kind of person you are and thus what kind of person you need to find to be your partner. And so you've made these decisions, even though I guarantee you haven't explored the gamut of what is out there for you, you can't possibly at any one time know exactly what would be a a wonderful, beautiful partnership um, and what that would look like um, on the other end from the other person. And so you made this decision for yourself before exploring and experiencing all of life because life continues to teach you no matter how beautifully awakened you are. And so now, of course, of course, you're going to be lonely with all of these wild standards that maybe you don't even think they're so wild. You're like, I'm asking for pretty simple things, you know, I'd like some good communication, loyalty, you know, maybe a sense of humor. We think that our parameters are so, so wide and and so easy to be met. And yet it creates this remarkable sense of loneliness when they're not met because, although we may use something so general like, I want someone who is honest, that can look so incredibly different that even though we're saying we just want X, we're actually saying we just want X, but it has to look like Y and Z and have a little bit of K. And and we jumble and create our subconscious is like this wild painter who's developing all of these different strokes and then being upset when people can't interpret it the way that it was intended. We can't live our lives that way. And so I hope that if you find yourself feeling lonely, that you tend to your loneliness by deciding that You don't need anything. You need to just be true to yourself. You don't need to describe what it is that life needs to look like for you or what the people who you want to call into your life need to look like. You just need to be who you are. Constantly check in with yourself to make sure that you are being who you are. And maybe solitude and a lot of time apart from the world is exactly who you are. Please do not let the world convince you that everyone needs to belong somewhere, to a group, to a clique, to a community, to a tribe, to a whatever. You do not need to do anything except be who you are. And even that, you don't actually have to do. I would just encourage you to do that in order to live a life of less suffering, less turmoil, and more inner peace. The next thing um, I would encourage you to do is to confront the voice Confront the voice that shames you for being who you are and feeling how you feel. We have so much internal dialogue that goes on every second of every day, and we don't pay as much attention to it as perhaps we ought to, and yet it dictates all of the things that happen, all of the things that follow that dialogue. Confront the voice that is hard on you. Confront the voice inside that is dictating how you're feeling rather than allowing you to express how you would like to feel. Self-acceptance allows you to be seen by both yourself and others. And if you are in any way, no matter how small or minor you think it is, if you are shaming yourself in some way about who you are, what your interests are, what you like, how you feel is is the best way to express yourself, if there's any shame around that, you cannot overcome your sense of invisibility without first accepting yourself for how you are, okay? Another solution is to learn to acknowledge your feeling, whatever it is that comes up for you, learn to acknowledge that feeling, um, Learn to acknowledge yourself and work with your intuition like it's your teammate, not just confusing chatter that's always running in the background. And this goes hand in hand with self-acceptance. Learning to acknowledge your feelings is so incredibly important. You feel all of these things, but if you don't do the work, and and that takes me into the whole realm of shadow work, which so many people are afraid to do because they're afraid of what they might uncover in themselves. They find life to be difficult enough without opening the lid to the jar that might prove more overwhelming and more difficult than they have ever imagined. And so they're afraid that tapping into what hurts is going to just cause them more pain. But with the right guidance, you you have to be able to acknowledge minimally, if to not tap all the way in, to at least acknowledge your surface feelings, the things that you know that you're feeling, the things that are affecting your mood every single day or every other day, and be able to acknowledge yourself and work so closely with your intuition. Your gut is a supercomputer that helps you process life in the context of all of your life experiences. And it helps you do that way faster than the brain can make sense of it all. And so it's so important to befriend your intuition because although so many people will tell you that perhaps you know, you have to be rational and you have to use your brain, your gut is a brain and it is a brain that is far more advanced than your brain brain. And so make sure that you are listening to your intuition because what ultimately happens is so many people are so tired of feeling a certain type of way. They're so tired of being hurt and sad and miserable that they don't trust themselves anymore because they feel other people are happy. So I'm not going to listen to whatever's going on inside here, this this gut instinct, because what do I know? I'm miserable and they're happy. So my gut, they don't have my gut. So I'm just going to go and do whatever it is that they're doing over there or what they seem to be doing over there. But you have to, as I mentioned in a previous episode, you have to learn to trust your own feelings, your own sense of self, because your intuition, it's still yours. And although it is being shaped by what you're going through, it also knows more than your conscious awareness allows you to see. So maintaining faith in your intuition is going to be key to overcoming invisibility. And the other thing is making sure that you're enforcing boundaries and that you aren't giving in to people pleasing. I know a lot of people who struggle with this. Enforcing boundaries is incredibly difficult, especially when you're a giving person, when you're an empathetic person, when you, Just live your life in such a compassionate manner. It is so hard to enforce boundaries because you just want to give more of yourself because you feel you have so much of yourself to give. But keeping the peace momentarily will disturb your peace eternally. I need you to understand that. Keeping the peace momentarily in any circumstance, if you're always trying to keep the peace at home, if you're always trying to keep the peace at work, Keeping the peace momentarily disturbs your inner peace eternally. You may not realize it. You may think that you're making your life more simple by maybe closing your mouth and not saying what you actually feel or what you want to say. Maybe you think that it's, some things are better left unsaid. But that momentary peace is slowly chipping away, slowly but surely chipping away at your inner peace. And you can't get that back not in the same way, and so I encourage you to make sure that you figure out how to enforce boundaries in a way in which you're comfortable. And lastly, and perhaps most importantly, if you are struggling with where do I belong, do I want to belong, why can't anyone see me, why can't I see myself better, My advice to you would be to check back into your own life. So many people don't realize when they've checked out of their lives. They're no longer being present. They're no longer doing for them. They're going through the motions of living, but there is no life in that living. And so I want you to take a moment, pause and ask yourself if you are in fact checked into your life right now. Reconnect the dots that are now scattered and have you operating on autopilot. You have to reestablish interest and intention in your own life. And that looks like better management of your mental consumption, uh, exercising your creativity with the things that align and and making time for those things. Using those things to re-engage with the world, as I spoke on previously. Finding ways to fulfill yourself authentically, and then finding where that fits in the world, making sure that you are creating life that fits you and not fitting yourself to the life that has been created. And a way in which you can also do that is to disrupt your habits, to check back into your life. You want to make, you want to take a really good look at your habits, and you want to create more than you consume. Okay, so I'm going to give you the the really quick, rapid pace ways to check back into your life. Number one, disrupt your habits. Change up how you're doing things. Make yourself have to pay more attention because you're not operating out of routine anymore, but you're operating out of conscious endeavor. Number two, create more than you consume. Stop consuming things. Honestly, I can't tell you how liberating it is to not consume and instead of... And when I say consumption, I'm talking about consumption of things that do not feed your creativity, that maybe feed your curiosity, maybe they feed your ego, maybe they feed that little part inside that's like, please, I just want to disconnect from the world and be mindless. But they're not mindless things. You are not mindlessly consuming when you're mindlessly consuming because... When you are doing so, it is stealing parts of your mind. It is stealing your energy and attention. So make sure that you're expending that energy, creating more than you are consuming. Number three, do things that you enjoy. No matter what, no matter how little time you have. I don't care if what you enjoy is sitting with your forehead up against the wall and chanting some song that you learned uh, in your kindergarten class years ago. Whatever it is, do what you enjoy. No matter how silly, get a pogo stick if you need to. My my niece just got a pogo stick. And I want to tell you, it is literally like you need a new insurance policy if you get on that thing um, at this point in life. Anyone over the age of 17, I don't think should be on a pogo stick. But nonetheless, I have found energy in that, right? Just attempting to. Attempting to overcome my own um, sense of, of silliness and weirdness in, in being on a pogo stick. It makes me feel like a circus clown, which is fine. Do things you enjoy. If it makes you laugh, if it allows you to humble yourself, um, as someone who exhibits quite a bit of, of balance and form in my yoga practice, to not be able to get on a pogo stick and do so gracefully has been quite an enjoyable experience. It seems like a weird example, but I'm telling you, not far-fetched. Do whatever it is, whatever it is that you enjoy, because it'll give life back to you. It'll allow you to check back into your life. And don't talk to people who you don't particularly like talking to let's just let's just be upfront and honest about that we talk to people who we don't really care to talk to and it's not about you know not being an open-minded person it's not about at, at some point you you do know yourself and, and you know what it is that you need at this stage in your life so stop entertaining along with not consuming things that don't feed your creativity stop feeling the need to maintain relationships or conversations or dialogue that is not serving you it is okay to check out of those. It is perfectly okay, and it is encouraged. And conquer a fear. Any. Pogo stick fear. Conquered. Boom. Don't go putting your hand in the garbage disposal, which is a huge fear of mine, the garbage disposal. Very afraid of it. Irrational. Maybe, maybe not. But don't do things like that. But conquer a fear. If you're afraid of something, What better way than to try to overcome that fear? As long as it won't kill you, go for it. Try, even in the smallest of ways, just try. And remember this, that even those of us who crave a quiet and simple, comforting life must be the main attraction of our own story. This is so important, okay? Even if you are thinking to yourself, I don't need to be seen. We all need to be seen. We all require to be seen by some part of this life. It doesn't have to be by a person, but it certainly needs to be embodied in how you feel about yourself in the context of the life that you're living. You deserve to be seen and you deserve to have your life support that. And so with that, I leave you all with the hope that you have taken some notes, that you will go back, listen to this again if you need to. And as always, I am here with and for you with much love and until next week.